Peacock, very keen to get into the action. All right, a big tackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another whack, another dose to the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. Sean Maloney in the st- 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 studio, joined by Stephen Hoyles, Christy Doran, and Sam Worthington. Hoylesy, firstly, hello to you. You've punted Dave Dennis for the week. Yeah, Dave couldn't make it here. He's unfortunately holding bags at Waratah's training, so... Uh, I'm filling in for the, the big fella. I've done it before in a Super Rugby final, so I've <laughs> taken Dave's spots many a time, and I don't have any problem with that at all. I hope you don't. The way that... No, no, not at all, guys. No, like, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, both you hear fine, that, Dave? Both fine uh, loose forwards, and um, I'm happy with other men uh, to look at. Yep, certainly enjoying the check shirt as well there, Horsey. Oh, nice to re-shirt yourself, Christy. Now we've got uh, Easter on the doorstep. I want to talk about one of the key things uh, that surrounds Easter. Hot cross buns, Easter buns, call them what you want. Uh, chocolate or normal? What's the best of the two? Well, traditionally, I've always gone normal, but you've just brought in half a dozen of the chocolate chip versions, and if you'd let us have one, we'll be able to, we'll be able to let you know. <laughs> Sean's polished off four. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there's two to go. He's polished off four. No, but five. going down like raisins, so Sean. So you're going, you'll go normal? No, I'll, I'll now go chocolate you're after. You're a chocolate after man. A little slice there, yeah. Uh, toasted normal. I'm, I'll swing either way. They're a, a, great, <laughs> oh, yes, a great tradition. <laughs> Definitely toasted. Um, they're one of those things that, that they've got value year-round. Like some of the things that they have for these special occasions, like the little Christmas mince pies, they're awful. I don't know why, <laughs> don't know why we eat those. Have you, thoughts on the Christmas mints? No, no, I'm not big on them. But you're right. I don't know why we don't have hot cross buns year-round. What's a Christmas fare that you would like to see year-round? I'm still stuck at Sam swinging both ways, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Christmas trade. Look, eggnog. Why isn't that a 12-month-of-the-year drink? Sure. Ooh. You can have eggnog and a hot cross bun in July, perhaps. Yeah. Christmas yeah. in July. Your taste buds don't know the calories, uh, do they? Turkey's another thing that doesn't get a run the rest of the year, does it? We could maybe have turkey uh, a bit more on our plates. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, okay, now let's uh, <laughs> j- leave that behind us and jump straight into week Five Correct. of the 2016 Super Rugby year. And, well, there are some sides who are battling, others who are starting to emerge already. What did you make of last week, men? Yeah, look, uh, it was a, an interesting week for the Aussie teams, wasn't it? Have it playing um, for the first time a whole round against international teams. And the results weren't great. One win, one draw. Um, the Reds probably were the, the team that surprised us a bit by, by getting that draw and then playing not so bad. Uh, the Brumbies, I think the the scoreline uh, flattered the Stormers a little bit. They actually weren't too bad. It was just that uh, moment of madness um, from uh, Man Ray that, uh, that cost them. So, yeah, interesting weekend. We found out plenty about the teams and uh, the Rebels, uh, obviously a pleasing performance, pleasing start to the season for them. We can't be too harsh on Bongo in here. We, like, we can't condone what he did. But we can certainly look it on YouTube and have a laugh here and there. Josh like Man Josh Ray. Josh Man Ray, yeah, Bongo. Sorry. How did he get that nickname? Uh, I don't know how he got Bongo. You might Bongo's know, Sean. I've, I've known Bongo for a long time. So Bongo came to the Manly Rugby Club back in 2003 with Peter Hewitt was there, Paul Warwick as well. We had a fairly decent team. And Josh Man Ray, way back then, 13 years back, was clearly a player of enormous potential, hard 
as hard as they come, but uh, was led astray off field by a couple of uh, other first graders at Manly. <laughs> and it, it was a flow on effect because he then led a few others astray. Well, well Bongo lived, and I wrote this up in our, uh, our weekly spot the other week. Bongo lived in a house in Curly. I think it was Pit Road in uh, North Curl Curl. <coughs> and he lived with uh, three first graders at the time, a guy named James Campbell, who was a terrific player, James LeKepper and Paul Sheedy. And next to their house, next to their house was a driveway, a grass driveway on a steep incline. I'm talking maybe 45 degrees. It's steep. It's steep. And at the bottom of that driveway was a tin garden shed. Now, what had happened, we'd get through a game of a weekend. Monday recovery session would come around and these guys would get through the game fine. Not a nick on them, not a scratch. But they rock up to the Monday training session and they looked like they'd gone 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. There were near broken jaws, arms in slings. They were cut. They were shredded. They were from the emergency room. No one could work out what the story was. And then we found out about their Sunday sessions. So one Sunday, the whole team went round there. And what these guys would do is they'd get a wheelbarrow. They'd start at the top of the driveway. One man would push another guy sitting in the wheelbarrow as fast as he could down the driveway, release, and it was a game of chicken. You either stayed in the barrow as long as you could or you went into the shed. Bongo loved the shed. (laughs) Bongo went bongo. That's uh, it's an interesting tale. You never participated in the wheelbarrow game? Oh, I watched. <laughs> watched that place, that house. My gosh. Anyway, so yeah, moment of moment of madness. I'm sure they wouldn't mind me telling the story from way back when. <laughs> but uh, they got downed by the Stormers and Christie. The Stormers bounced back uh, after that loss to the shock loss to the Sharks. Yeah, they certainly did. They were always going to come back. I thought. Look, we we saw the the Stormers go down heavily in the semi final. Well, prelim final last year and in, uh, in the Super Rugby competition, two, two, two home games in a row. They generally don't lose two in a row at home. So they were always going to lift for that. The Brumbies, yeah, they were very ill-disciplined, um, gave away a stack of penalties. And you saw uh, Coleman, I think it was, who, who slotted the penalties and, and, and had them in, in front the whole way through. So uh, good effort from the Stormers. The Brumbies obviously would be hugely disappointed, but um, opportunity this week to bounce back and they, you, you think they probably will against the Cheetahs. Before, but before we get to that, our number one item on our rundown for today was to talk about what's going on off-field at the Brumbies. There's not a whole lot, I guess, we can add in terms of the detail, detail around what's going on because no one really knows. It's been an interesting couple of weeks down there. There's a, a fair <laughs> bit going on in terms of the previous sale of the club that goes back about four or five years. There was talk 12 months ago of the Federal Police being involved in investigating and, and Michael Jones came out with an, an extraordinary interview last Saturday with... Have you listened to it? I've only seen the quotes in the paper. I have yep. not listened to the, the actual words out of his mouth, but I've seen the, the dialogue in print and outrageous claims, outrageous threats, but it seems as though he's following up on it. So the Brumbies players and staff have been heavily warned. Like they're, they're literally been warned not to say anything about this. That, that doesn't happen too often. Every now and then a coach tells you guys, keep your comments pretty well guarded, but they very rarely do footy players get told legally, do not say anything in this situation because that's how volatile it is. So he got stood down by the board, put in, went to the Supreme Court, got an injunction on that on that decision and went back to work the next day. That would be a great workplace, wouldn't it, come Wednesday morning? Okay. There's an element okay. of George Costanza about it, doesn't he? He gets fired and he just turns you up to what? work anyway. There is, and obviously we can't really go into the details around it. Um, but we can talk about what that day would be like. So you've been stood down by your board, but then you're allowed to come back to work because you're told by the courts you can. 
What do you do? It's like David Brent. You love The Office. I do love The Office, yeah. It's, it was sad seeing the, the, the demise of David Brent, but he's back soon, by the way. Look, yeah. it would be such an awkward day to turn up to work. Morning, lads. How are we? Yeah. How did well, we go on the weekend? What's small, the plan small for the talk around the water cooler. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, let's, have a little, let's do a SWAT. Let's do a SWAT on the organisation. SWAT analysis. <laughs> <Yeah>. Strengths, weakest <laughs> opportunities and, and threats. threats. Yes. He's uh, an interesting character, isn't he? He was like a fighter jet pilot or something. He's in, but he yeah. looks like an accountant. He's uh, an interesting cat, that's for sure. He, uh, he's got some good results, I think, uh, financially, hasn't he, down there? But it uh, doesn't seem to be... Uh, Winning too many friends. Must put my hand up. Um, in all my dealings with Michael Jones, I've I've had great dealings with him, and I've I've found him to be quite a quite a uh, I've found him to be quite a, a likable guy and and uh, a lover of rugby. And when I'd spoken to him previously, all he'd ever wanted was the best for for the Brumbies. That's just from a personal point of view. That's I, b- I believe that's what what everyone says about him that he wants what's best for the club. But because it's now become so personal. Egos come into play and people's names get defamed, and then it then it becomes a battle of you know, a bit of chicken, a bit of like bongo in the yeah in the, wheel, in the, in wheel, the wheelbarrow. wheelbarrow. Like who's gonna who's gonna st- st- stay there the longest? And it, like it appears some of the threats that he, he threw out, he's following through on. So I dare say there's a little bit more to go here. Like this is going to have a few more twists and turns before it gets resolved, which is a shame. And the biggest issue is the Brumbies have started the season minus last weekend in great form. They had hiccup in Cape Town. They still need better crowds down in Canberra. They got a good one versus versus the Waratahs. So for the people of Canberra, if anyone is out there listening, go and support your team. Go to the go to the grounds and watch your team play because you've had a side that's represented you well over a long period of time. Be nice to see a lot more support shown to the club itself. As a former Brumbies player, like will this have any effect on the playing group at all? Or affect their performance? Or does it play on their minds? Or will it be the last thing that they're they're worried about the CEO? Um, crisis, I guess. They'll say no. <coughs> a, a good coach will use this to motivate his players, a bit of a siege mentality. Like, And, and I've seen it happen before under certain coaches that when there's an organisation's in a little bit of a, a bad place, a good coach can use this as, guys, it's us that's going to save this place and it's us only. And so players can respond to that. What I will say is it takes a very strong group of, of not just talented footy players, but very mentally strong to be able to deal with that. And they're actually... They probably are that that group at the moment with Steve Moore, Pocock, Tamua, Leofano. They've got more. Fardy. Yeah, they've got exactly Scotty. They've got more experience than any other club. Ben Alexander. They've got guys that have been at the club for a long time, and they they genuinely do love their club. So, I would say you go back to New Sephora when they they went through that. They had a similar group of back of, in two thousand and four. Two thousand and four, and they had similar lead, similar senior players, and and that was what they say got them through. So. I would assume that Stephen Larkham's smart enough to, to mention this as a team and use it as a motivating factor. They won't publicly say what side they're on. They'll stay out of it, but it could actually have a positive effect on their performance. I reckon they'll absolutely flog the Cheetahs after yeah, sort of this tumultuous week and uh, the loss that they had, and the, the Cheetahs aren't much chop at all, so I think they're going to absolutely flog them. We've got a hot cross bun update, people. Sean's just tucking into his fifth. We've which, only is, got which brings me to my next question. Um, how many hot cross buns in a sitting? How many is too many? Chocolate. How many is too many? Oh, I'd probably say... Keep in mind this is a once-a-year thing. Yeah, but you don't want to blow out on hot cross buns on the whole weekend. I think you've got to probably go two to three per day. Three. That's my third. Number three there. It's only 11 a.m., mate. Thoughts on uh, jam on the hot cross bun? I find the jam on the the chocolate bun quite a nice uh, effect. You can jam your jam, mate. I don't think... You don't play around with these (laughs) things. You put a little bit of butter on them. You don't need to play around with the recipe, you know. Choc chip. Just a small glazing of uh, jam. I don't mind that idea. It's controversial. I don't mind it. Yeah. Okay, next up, uh, speaking of jam, red jam, strawberry jam, red. What a segue. Queensland Reds, Waratahs. 
Derby time, Sunday afternoon at Suncorp. Now, uh, our note from Worthington here says, has anyone fancy an upset with Gill and Slipper on the comeback trail? Well, do you? No, I don't, but Liam Gill's the, the biggest difference in when that side plays well or when they don't. N- not, yeah, every number seven has a huge high work rate, but what Liam Gill adds that not many, not many number sevens do in Australian rugby, they, they got, they're great with second phase play. Gill knows when to pick a little moment up the middle of the ruck. He knows when to pass early in support. He's a back row that knows how to keep the, the game alive. And if there's one thing the Reds have been lacking, it's second phase play and a bit of tidy up around the breakdown. So he's a massive a massive addition if he comes back to play. And, and we're here in Bernard Foley. The pig will jump back into that number 10 position. So uh, I don't think the Reds will win this game. They'll probably be a little bit more confident from their, their last week's draw. But the Tars are too classy from 1 to 15 for me. Christy, you're a Reds fan. Have you got any renewed hope in the team with the new coaching staff and that, that draw? Oh, look, they showed promise last week, but still in defence, they were pretty shaky in that first half an hour, particularly lots of holes. So, look, Gill and Slipper will certainly add a, a huge amount. Having Ant Fyanger there back for his second week, he, he would have, um, or third week rather, I think, uh, he'll, he'll certainly add a much more starch in that midfield. Carmichael Hunt is running the ball back really hard now, back from last time we saw that was with the Broncos what, five years ago or so. So, look, I think the Reds, have, they'll come into this with a fair bit of optimism. We heard Todd Ikefu, the great Queensland, and, and Wallabies number eight throughout the week saying, look, we need to, um, as Queenslanders, we need to, to come at the Tars. The, the performances in the last two, three years have been unacceptable. And uh, I think it will be tough um, It'll be a tough physical game. It'll be much closer than it was down in Alliance only, what, five, four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly by having Liam Gill come back into that team, he, he told me yesterday that uh, he still had a couple of fitness tests that he had to go through today, but he, he said that he, he should be good to go. I'm really looking forward to this game. How good is daytime footy? It's just uh, invariably produces a much better contest. Sunday afternoon, it's going to be a ripping contest. It does, it? it does, but I... Oh, I hope they don't they don't blow their lines as they say. Like you can't get a better setup. Sunday afternoon, Suncorp, a derby, Reds v New South Wales. If it turns into the same sort of shit fight that the closing stages were in round one, my foot's going through my flat screen. <laughs> Again, in round one, everyone said the Tars should have won by fifty points. Not a huge amount has changed from a, the Tars have lost a couple, obviously but they've still got that same quality on the park. And Bernard Foley coming back, he's massive for that team. It'll probably push Dave Hortz to the bench, who's been very good. But it allows Bernard and Kirtley to strike that combination up. If that combination fires, throwing Kirtley, I mean, sorry, throwing Izzy Falau, they just don't have the class to stop. And you're right, Sean, we can't afford to have it. We can't afford to have a day game on Easter when you're sitting there smashing your ninth hot cross bun. Yeah. We cannot have this, the type of trash we've had in the last... Last 20 minutes of a few games this year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's hope as well there's a bit of fire that comes back to this one. Because even in recent years, there's been some games with some good niggle. But mm. it's probably been a little a little while. I don't want guys out there going the knuckle. Bongo style. But I want niggle. You want yep. niggle. And I want big hits. I want some collisions. And I want tries. Yeah. Too much to ask? No, it's not. And the, I have been impressed with Frisbee last few weeks and Carmichael Hunt, Reddy at Hooker. A few guys in, in a side that hasn't won a game have actually stood up and, and so those guys will be the ones that you look for to, to, to really lead the way. Samu Karevi could almost single-handedly destroy a team. Just hope he has a little bit better ball control. I think he tries to push the pass a little bit more 
And if those guys fire, we're in for a better game. But I'm going to say Tars by 20. Okay. Let's not forget the Tars are pretty desperate themselves. They've had two mm-hmm. losses. The Brumbies have got a little jump on them there in the Aussie Conference. So, yeah, I think they'll be highly motivated. And, yeah, I agree. They'll have... Uh, the Reds will put up a good fight, but I think the Tars will just be too classy. Maybe 10, 15 point win. Saturday night, Rebels v Highlanders. That should be a cracker. That's going to be a good game. Two informed teams. Rebels downing the Sun. Wolves last week over at the Prince Chichibu Stadium in Tokyo. And they are now 3 and 1. I will not eat that next hot cross month. They are 3 and 1 on the season against the Highlanders team, who are also 3 and 1, who led 30 0 last week against the Tars before taking the foot off the accelerator. Amy Park, the Rebels seem to be able to find a way of troubling headline teams at home. They're a good team. Like, I mean, to be 3 and 1, Halsey's going for the sixth good hot man. cross bun here. Um, they're genuinely a good team. They've got depth. Um, they haven't played top teams so far this season, but they've been on the road with injuries. And to be three and one is pretty good going. So the other factor about this is I'm worried about these Highlanders. They've been spent the week in Manly. Um, your neck of the woods, right. Shawnee, and they've been splashing around in the surf. They so might have. They might have gone out for a drink potentially in, in Manly at some Sun's stage. Been out plenty of spots to drink in Manly. I'm a bit. And eat. I'm a bit worried that the Manly effect might uh, might get them here. They you might reckon? be. Yeah, they might be a little bit off the pace after a week in Manly. They closed uh, softly against Tars, you know, last week. And uh, the Rebels, well, they're hard. I mean, this is a hardened forward pack now. McMahon is just destroying teams. Going gangbusters. Christy, who else has impressed you for the Rebs? Certainly Adam Thompson, despite the fact that he, he dropped the ball over the line against the Bulls a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, but no, he's been dynamic. He's hitting the fringes. Uh, I think um, the, the fullback there... Placid. Uh, yeah, quite a very good player, I think, despite the fact that um, the other bloke was injured a couple of weeks earlier. Um, they, they've had injuries throughout the early part of the season, which is which has affected them. But with Nick Sturzacker coming back into that side, he'll probably replace me and you'd imagine after coming off the bench against the Sunwolves. So the combination between Debrasini and Sturzacker is going to be really important. Um, do they have enough to, to, to beat the Highlanders? I'm not sure. I think they've certainly got enough. Everyone at the start of the season said, oh, what a tough draw they've got. Positive about that, when you get a, when you get what looks like a tough draw on paper and you come out of the first month with a 3-1 and win-loss, that's a fantastic result coming home to play against a good side. So they'll be, they'll be massively up for it. Ellison's been fantastic. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chiba Hansen. He's added a fair bit of stability to that line-out. And Scrum Patliaf has always been good around the park and gets hard on the ball, but Chiba Hansen's line-out throwing is just a little bit crisper and that's been big for them because they can now play genuine first-phase footy. This Rebel side is, you know, they're the one that everyone said is is improving and growing. We all gave them good raps at the start of the year. And they're on the same amount of wins as the Brums. Like, they've mm. still snuck under the radar a little bit. So they're going there to, to really knock off the champions, aren't they? I think one of the things that will go a long way to, towards keeping them in the game this weekend as well is that uh, strength through the midfield and with Fekitawa in there, um, which who causes so many dramas for opposing defensive lines. Ellison hits hard. Inman misses few tackles. And Debrasini has come up a long way on the defensive side of things as well. So that limits the sort of damage, I think, that the Highlanders can do through uh, through the centres. Fellas, have the Highlanders, sorry, have the, the Rebels, have they got the best back row in the competition? Oh, I think it, it depends on what you what you want out of a back row. If you want, Brumbies would have them, wouldn't they? Yeah. So you, every side has has strengths and weaknesses with the back row. It's probably about a balance that is. I think their balance is a little bit. Uh, Thompson adds a bit, obviously, with his line out. But yeah, when you've got you've got the best on ballers, including 
Pocock, Jordy Reed, Colby Finger, Fugastola, and Sean McMahon. Like someone's missing out every week. That's that's a fair bit of depth there. I'm interested in your thoughts on Sean McMahon. A, is he doing enough to be a starting Wallaby now? Do they need to somehow try and make room for him there? Um, and also, where's his best position long term? Is he a seven, a six, an eight? Like he can play all three. Uh, one of the things I like about the the recent Wallaby side is we don't get bogged down in what number is on someone's back. They've got a, a role to play and take away line out and scrum then generally you just want guys being active and being near the ball and you've got to be able to do everything. And McMahon can do everything. He hits like a steam train. He runs, he's abrasive, he breaks through tackles. It's like he's having a fit every time he carries the ball. He's just constantly never giving up. He's probably got to improve his line-out skills to be to offer himself as a genuine six it's or eight. not particularly tall, is he? No, but that's not. again, that's not necessarily... the. It's not like we're jumping on our own this day and age. Everyone gets obsessed with height. But it's the reality. You've just got to be able to catch a ball in the air, grab it in one hand when you're a little bit off balance. So height's not the issue because you're getting lifted. And the, you know, he's not a heavy, heavy guy, so they can lift him at good height. So that's not something to be bogged down in. He's certainly, in answer to your question, he's playing well enough to be a starting back rower. But just where you fit him in, yep. you've still got Pocock, Hooper, you've got Gill. Um, Fadi, obviously. Fadi. I've been impressed with Cottrell. There's Itavea's coming through. There's Benny McCowman. Yeah, Benny McCowan, of course. There's some good back rowers out there. Jed Holloway's been on fire for the Tars. So there's um, he's going to be there, thereabouts, isn't he? It's just a matter of whether he starts or finishes the game for the Wallabies. Great depth. Great depth yep. in that position for uh, Michael Checker come June. Akidoki, uh, last week we saw the Western Force get pants oh. at the back end of the uh, game against Hurricanes. <laughs> if there's one team in world rugby you don't want to give cheap... Possession back to you. Don't want to turn over the ball to. It is the Hurricanes. They were stinging, and that's exactly what they did. They blew them out at the back end. But this week against potential competition favourites, the Chiefs, I'm tipping the force to get within 10. Ooh, okay. I just don't see where their points are going to come from. John Lance was a big loss for them. You could tell he spent the majority of the season, especially the training hours, in that number 10 jersey. He controlled the game really well. He and Luke Morahan look like the really good combination. They both missed last week. I think Jono had an operation on his pec. Pec. May have um, had a hair transplant at the same time, I'm led to believe. <laughs> Hope you're doing well up there, Jono, with the, the hat. And uh, he's gone back to the Gold Coast to recover, Jono Lance has. Just watching NBA all day, every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a big loss, Jono Lance. I, d- I don't actually see how they can... I'll the, tell you why. Can I tell you why? If you're going to say fatigue factor, I'm not buying it. Go on. Hang on a second. Yeah. That's going to be the second part of my discussion. <laughs> but uh, the Force have had a, actually had a pretty good record against the Chiefs in recent years. They seem to have a way... You've crunched of, the numbers. You've hang, done some yeah, research. hanging tough. They, they, I'm not taking the mick here. They rolled them in Perth a couple of years back as defending champions. Last year, they went to Hamilton as huge underdogs and got really close. It was uh, tight with about five to go. So I just think... And why not? I'm sorry. Why can't the fatigue be a factor? Do you, I, excuse me. Let uh, me just tell uh, you what the chi- where the Chiefs have gone yep. in recent weeks. Yep. Hamilton, Auckland. Auckland, Joburg, Joburg, Paul Elizabeth. Paul Elizabeth, Joburg, Joburg. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. I don't even think you can fly direct. You got Buenos Aires, Santiago, yeah. Santiago, Auckland. Yeah. Auckland, Hamilton. So That's not a factor. The, the you're force, off your head. And the force have done there. the glamorous road trip of Palmerston North to Hamilton. So you're off been, your head. They've been chilling the f- over there. And they're sitting there going, "How good's my frequent flyers going?" Like, and they're sitting. They're not sitting in the back of the back of the plane either. They're in business class. So, just think, in this day and age, guys are so well prepared to travel, and it's you see how it goes. Like a lot of these guys are all blacks. A lot of them have been on the seven circuit. They're used to travelling. 
I'm not saying they're going to come out and win by 50 points, but I don't think their recent travel is going to really affect them. They've got depth more than anyone, and the force are getting tested with their depth at the moment, and that's probably one thing they don't have. And the Chiefs do have that full squad that they utilise. Dave Rennie makes big changes week to week, so he'll yep. completely refresh that team. Jeez, that was a good game against the Jaguars. Oh, round, game of the round, by far. Well, I reckon There's something about, game of, something you know about Sunday morning rugby, getting up and watching in the morning is Game of the year exciting. so far. There we go, I'll back you on that. Game of the year so far. Yep. No, Seesaw. Kick down the door, I'll follow you in. There you oh. go. What about some of the crowd over there going oh, absolutely ballistic? They had a death metal band behind the post. Hilarious. They did. The Argies really? hit it? Yeah, 100%. They're a fantastic team to watch, the Argies. As much as you want them to every pass to stick, and over time those passes will stick, but I love their approach to the game. They throw it from side to side in the first minute. They might give up 10, 15 points with mistakes, but they do not stop. They're a must-watch team. They're probably the team that you'd really go out of your way to, to watch. I don't, at I, the moment. You, as in, go over your way, fly to Bond Series <laughs> yeah, to watch. I don't have the money for that, the unfortunately. Chiefs too, but, yeah. The Chiefs scored some scintillating tries in that second mm. half, particularly the match winner, even the one before it. So they are travelling well. But I just think the force can play spoilers. I think they can get close this weekend. It'll be close, yeah. Shorty, yeah. I reckon that's a, not a bad shout, mate. They were in that game for the first 60 minutes. That's right. They scored, last year? They scored, uh, no, even, even oh, last week the against Canes. Yeah. the Canes. yeah. They score a try there after... They did. They turned over cheap possession on the Hurricanes line and then the Hurricanes scored and then the Hurricanes scored. They scored five scored. in the last 23 the minutes. Yes. You spoke to Peter Grant yesterday as well, I think, about stepping into the shoes of, of John O'Lance and his hair transplant. What, what did he have to, to say? Is he up for the, the challenge? Well, he is. He said, look, it, it was disappointing clearly that John O got injured. Um, they never mean that when they say it. <laughs> never mean it. <laughs> but no, no, a huge effect for the force. Um, but look, I, I was fascinated to, to speak to him a little bit about the coming up against this week, Aaron Cruden, last week, Bowden Barrett. It's pretty special, I imagine, for a bloke who's in his, he's kind of young, in, his 40s. In, his, in his 30s to come back after a year absence playing in France and then come back and testing yourselves against the All Blacks fly halves. So next week it's Lima Sopawanga. So he's taking it pretty seriously and as you expect. And uh, he, he, he showed enough last week, not necessarily in terms of getting the tries there, but his kicking game was very good. He, he, he passed... Um, he, Benny Tapaway, the combination there was really good for the force. So, look, they, I reckon, Sean, you're not far off the mark there. Well, they, they can squash a game, the force. Like, give credit where it's due. They know how to slow a game squash down. Squash a game. You know what I mean? Like, they can squash. squeeze it. Effect. They, squeeze they've done the it to the Tars. Yeah, they can squeeze the life out of it. And, and it's, it's not necessarily always pretty to watch, but they can be very, very effective when they, we'll they want to we'll shut see down Saturday a Saturday night, that... Will prelude the Highlanders and Rebels game. Uh, the other matches are all kind of across the early hours of the morning. They're not kind viewing. Sharks time Crusaders for will be Aussie a good one. Fans. Sharks, Sharks Crusaders. Crusaders will be a great game. But for this weekend, uh, lucky it's a long weekend for you listening around Australia because you will need it. The games will be across the early hours of the morning. Now, before we go, quick word on Nick Cummins. The Honey Badger has joined the Australian Sevens team ahead of the Hong Kong Singapore Legs of the HSBC World Rugby 7th Series. Uh, let's go around the room. Firstly, can he make the squad for Hong Kong? This is going to be the crack Aussie squad for Hong Kong. You know, muck around with honkers, right? Is he among the best 12 players in the country in the 7th Formula game? Uh, it'll be hard to make that call now after such a long absence from the game. I th they'll give him a run though, won't they? I mean, they obviously haven't got him back for, for nothing. Else. I guess they did ease Quay Cooper into it slowly. 
Yeah, yeah, they've got to get him out there, don't they? And um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think he's lost, lost that top end pace that he that he had at one stage, isn't he? He's slowed down a little bit, and I think they're going to use him in the in the forwards, which will be a different uh, role for him. So yeah, obviously interesting to see how we go. It'll be great for a quote, obviously, but I, I think he will be battling to actually make that that twelve for Rio. I think the the team that we've seen make uh, a couple of finals recently that's that's pretty much uh, the team that we'll go with. I think. His time at the sevens he had a fair few years ago. He played in the forwards there because he's such a direct mm. player. So and he's a he's a ninety five plus ninety five kilo plus player. So uh, I, I'm not sure if he's lost that top end pace. I know he's had a decent break from his stint in Japan. He he did it. He, was he did. Yeah, he played a lot of footy. And yeah. and you see, yeah, and that's one of the big factors that we'll see coming over the next few years. Players that continue to play back to back seasons that it's got to have an effect. So he was smart enough to negotiate his contract where he got a bit of time off. Did a few of his. Uh, the stuff he likes to do is his media work, and he was out doing some outrageous activities all around Australia. I'm sure we'll see that stuff soon. Uh, he's coming back into he's coming into a good squad. Someone of a high quality is going to miss that Rio games for sure. Henry Spate, whether it be Quade Cooper, Nick Cummins, someone's going to miss out. So I and think that's you can put a line through Henry Spate out for six to eight with an injury. I think he can be hmm. of Rio. He's gone. Well, no, I'm just saying, like he's out. He's out for six to eight weeks. He didn't really injury. take his chance in the opportunities he had. Either did Struggle. he? So. so it's March now. You put him out for two months. That puts him to May. That gives you not long in terms of the series wraps up at the end of May. Um, one of the biggest issues Henry had was just not spending enough time with the team because he's been back and forth from Canberra. Who knows what they'll do now? Maybe they'll send him up to Narrabah and he can just become full-time with the Sevens, even with his broken jaw, just to sure. live and breathe the environment a little bit more sure. and learn the lingo and watch training. And you, you will be surprised what you can pick up from just being around the squad. So, um, yeah, someone good is going to miss out, and that's a shame, but that's what we need to win a to win a medal over there. We need to have depth. And the, we've gone out and we've got depth now. They've bought a bigger squad. This is the most number of seven, contracted Sevens players we've ever had. So, And the badge, look, if he doesn't go there, he'll keep he'll keep the morale pretty high, won't he? Keep it, keep it pumped. Pump some tyres. Christy, what do you reckon, the badge? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon he'll play and I reckon he'll probably play in Hong Kong, I think. I think uh, just, just speaking to Ed Jenkins and he's very keen on, on, on Nick coming back and, and he's been a part of the team in the past and done very well. So I know that if, uh, yeah, I think I think he would do well, and I'm, I'm hearing as well that well, I spoke to Liam Gill yesterday, and and he said that um, he's more than welcome and, and open to having a conversation with Andy Friend as well about potentially having a, a late run there. I know that you were both talking about the depth and Shawnee last week. You said that you don't think we need to add any more players to to the reckoning, but. Gilly's a, 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 a specialist ball winner. It's becoming such a all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We can wrap it there, but before we do, I want, so you're saying that Nick Cummins will play in Hong Kong, that Horsey and I will be in Hong Kong mm. watching. We can watch it fresh. We watch it live. Watch oh, it live, in live. the South Stand, isn't it? From the stands. Yeah. From the commentary yeah. box. Yeah. You reckon he goes? I reckon he goes. I reckon he goes, yeah. Do you reckon he plays in Hong Kong? Yeah, why not? Play, play. I think he'll play in Singapore. I reckon he'll have a, I'll a go good Singapore. A month so the block bet of fitness. Is, the bet is. This last half of the host crop. The host bet host is. No, it's a slab. Slab. You already owe me a slab. You know, remember oh, no. It's a yeah. slab. I don't remember. It's a slab. Are you guys happy with that? Jeez. It's more than the usual uh, piccolo or three-quarter latte. <laughs> well, it's, ten, it's it's 20 bucks each, but we share Isn't the slab. Isn't it the right amount of milk, though, on the three-quarter latte? I'm diverting here. We share the slab. It's a shab slab share situation. Yeah. That's a... F- <laughs> 
flipping tough thing to say. Slab share situation. You're on, Shawnee. Yeah, so it's tem- essentially you, you're just buying your own beers and some beers. Sounds good. I'm just a bit worried we're going to end up in a bloody wheelbarrow uh, flying into <laughs> garden sheds drinking with you. That's my only concern. Sure. Bongo, you mad dog. All right, that'll wrap us up for uh, another ep- an extended episode, but that's what you deserve across Easter. Uh, on behalf of Worthington, Doran and Hoyles, it's Maloney saying, have a very safe and happy Easter. Safe travels and jam as many buns down your gob as you can.